Hello and good morning. Welcome back to Sinister Sunrise. I'm Sarah. I'm Morgan. I'm Erin. <laughs> oh, no. I... Did you just Wait, hear what it? What just happened? <laughs> I, I thought I was going it's to. like a. T- yeah. No, I said. <laughs> they think there's a delay. Because <laughs> my delay oh, was okay. through from Erin's point. Oh, my God. Hi, team. Oh, my God. <laughs> Remote- You're good. Recording, remote recording, recording is our brand. Remotely is going wonderful. Mm-hmm. Are mm-hmm. we caught up? Now? Always. Okay. Yeah. We did meet up this weekend to play the game. Miss um, Morgan made us put Oreos on our faces, and I'll let her explain it. But we wanted <laughs> to save your ears from us yelping because we don't have enough face muscles to move it down our faces. Morgan, can you please let the kind people know what you've done? Sure, sure. So uh, my idea for the game was to place a single Oreo on your forehead and you got to use your face muscles and wiggle, 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 wiggle it into your mouth. Okay, I saw it on a minute to win it challenge. I successfully did it one time at a Christmas party. I may or may not have had a couple of drinks at that point. Uh, But yeah, so um, yeah, like Sarah said, we're going to save your ear holes because... There's a lot of like, oh my eye, oh the crumbs. So uh, there'll be there'll be pictures. <laughs> yeah, I feel bad for your room. <laughs> um, yeah, your dogs are about to get some <laughs> snacks. To be fair, I think I was sweeping all the corners. Like, give me more cookies. <laughs> the summer bod's coming along real well, ladies. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Got that double stuff Oreo life. Mm-hmm. More like I'm double stuffed. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Oh my <laughs> gosh. More like our numbers are double stuffed. We hit 1,500 listens, you guys. Yeah. Hey. Thank you, guys. You know yeah. Who did that? Our listeners. So thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but since that, and because we're now we're minor league celebrities in my mind, right? Mm-hmm. 1,500 yeah. people listen. Oh, yeah. I went ahead and made us some nicknames because that's what radio people have. <laughs> <laughs> Let me know when you're ready, because we have to use them. There's no other way. No longer, we're in a cult now. No longer do we use names. Ooh, okay. Okay. Welcome. Hit me Welcome with them too. Okay, who wants them first? Mm, Aaron. I will. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we agree. Me first. Okay, for Aaron, I have basement girl. Mm. Okay. <laughs> I am recording in my basement currently. And you're a serial killer who murders people in the basement. <laughs> and whenever oh. there's a haunted house, I'm starting this trend. Speculation. I wild. Where are the facts? Speculating. This is the fact. Show me around. Show me the curtains. Um, <laughs> there aren't any because she's in a basement. Also, we always say if there's a ghost in the house, we're putting Morgan or putting Aaron in the basement to investigate. So just make yourself comfortable down there. It looks like it suits you. <laughs> Thank also, you. <laughs> the glue. Obviously, Miss Aaron, the glue. The glue. The glue. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then for Miss Morgan, we have White Claw Outlaw. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. I feel like normally I'd be like, oh my God, it's so basic. Like, really? I earned it. I earned it. <laughs> There's no laws with the claws. I think you earned it. <laughs> we need to go back to the episode and count how many times you said that. <laughs> Someone oh, right. does. First, first Next listener. drinking game. Yep. Next listener to go back and listen to hmm. the White Claw hmm. episode. Yeah, isn't that Jonestown? <laughs> you, it was. Yeah, oh, no. it was. Yeah, oh, I just hit my table so hard. I'm sorry, everyone's ears. Yeah, it was Jonestown. <laughs> if you go back and DM us or email us with the answer, first one gets a shout out. Mm-hmm. We need the number, I and then we will yeah, all yeah. take. We'll take the amount of drinks and you can watch us just slip into a stupa. Also, Morgan, we're going to call you Frizzo. Like a little Miss Frizzle, a little Lizzo. Yeah. Frizzo. Okay. Or my hair on a hot spring day. Frizzo. I was going to say my hair every day, but okay, okay. It's some braids right now. And then together, you guys are the bloody buddies. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Because of Bloody Marys, obviously. Of course. And true crime. I wasn't gonna say that one, but as I was writing it, I was I thought it was funny. So if it's strictly anyway. about the Bloody Marys, I'm for it. Absolutely. I'm a bloody gal, but yes, it's fine. It's fine. Mm-hmm. I like BG. I'm a bloody gal. 
Please no one take that out of context. (laughs) I'm a bloody, bloody gal. Because Aaron plays stab stab. Yep. Aaron is going to be BG, basement girl. Basement girl glue? Basement girl glue. Glue. BGG. Oh my God. Instead (gasps) of glow up, glue up. (laughs) Glue up. You need to make yourself (laughs) a better person. You better glue up. Whenever Sarah and I are acting a fool, Eric can just be like, glue up, ladies. <gasps> Got it. Okay. I can do Stop that. Stop recording. This is legit. <laughs> making tea. I'm, right, I'm making a note. Making a note. Okay. Um, so the winner of our games, it was- Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. What about you, Sarah? We get <sighs> nicknames and you don't get nicknames? Oh, I have one. And it's, it's, a, it's a ringer. I'm glad you brought that up. Hot dog. Oh, just hot dog? I hot like dog. that one. Wait, is hot dog one word or two? It's whatever you want, baby. Yeah. I'm I have a nickname for you, money. though. What is it? <gasps> oh, before you get into that story. <laughs> I Well, since we found out <laughs> what your past life uh, work situation would have been, you should be court jester or jester. I think. Jester! Jester. Mm, jesty with my besties. <laughs> all right. All right, yeah. We'll take into some consideration. Cool, cool, cool. Jesty. My jesticles. That's too far. Okay. So um, call us what you want, but we're here to talk about some creepy stuff. Um, The winner of the game was Morgan, but we are teamed up this time. So I'm going to piggyback off of Morgan, and I'm going first, and then Morgan, and then Aaron. Yep, yep. I guess technically I'm piggybacking off of you, huh? Huh, hot dog. Listen up. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, maybe we are nicknamed people. I felt really weird. It felt very forced. I'm so so sorry. I think we're too sober. Give it until the end of the episode, and then we'll decide how natural it sounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except for the fact that I gave up drinking during the week, so I'm going to try. I'm going to try. Oh, no. I forgot. That's why, yeah. Normally, y'all, we record on Sundays, and I've tried to be, you know, a little health conscious since I'm not an exerciser. It's just not part of my body style and lifestyle. And so I was like, oh, maybe if I give up drinking on the weekdays, it'll help. So I'm a little boring today. Sorry, but I have not at all. And I'm I'm very excited to talk and be with you guys. So it'll would you glow up? Glow the fuck up. Whoa, it's glue, (laughs) girl. Glue up. Dang it. I already messed it up. Did you? (laughs) I thought you did that on purpose. No, I was trying to say the glue. Sarah, uh, take a drink. We'll get it. (laughs) Eventually. What'd you say? Take a drink. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Okay. And, and, and so, take us away. Just go ahead and take us away on this episode, ma'am. Take me away. Okay. <laughs> we are talking about sleep paralysis today. Oh, yes. Yes. And this comes because someone wrote in, someone named Joey, Joey P. That's how we signed it. JP. He said... Love listening to your podcast. I'd be very interested on your take on sleep paralysis. I've always found it very interesting and I don't have it, but I did have one instance where it happened to me in college. The story has always stuck with me because it's kind of terrifying. Are you guys ready for this? Probably not, but. (laughs) Okay. For for the sake of Joey, for the sake of Joey, I will do it. Let's go. (laughs) You're such a giver. Thank you. I love I love that about myself. I'm such a good one. <laughs> Man, that felt forced too. Normally, that was like eight octaves above my normal voice. Lit. All right, go tell me about sleep paralysis, Sarah. Go. Don't force me to do something. Okay. So Joey says, I'm a stomach sleeper. And one morning, I had opened my eyes to realize I couldn't move. At that time, I started going in and out of my body. And here's the terrifying part. As I'm going in and out of my body, I realize there is a dead old woman in a white dress with both of her hands. Yes, with both of her hands holding me down on my back. And she's laughing. Yeah. Done. I'm done. (laughs) Picture the corpse bride without a veil. At this point, my anxiety is going through the roof and I'm starting to freak out as I'm still going in and out of my body. And I can see her in the corner of my eye laughing and holding me down. Mm. In my mind. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) Sounds like a really fun sleepover, but could you maybe take your hands off? (laughs) Grandma, you weren't invited to the sleepover. Get out of here. I said no to back tickles. Get out. In my mind, I started turning around. I started saying, turn around, turn around, turn around. And then I started counting down. Three, two, 
one. As I hit one, I spin around on my back really fast with my hand in a fist to find that no one is there. So Joey wants to know, was it a dream or was it sleep paralysis? Because it felt very real and I didn't skip a beat to where I realized I was in a dream to waking up. So yes, Joey, this is very puzzling. Uh, I'm going to go through what sleep paralysis is and then we're going to discuss a little bit and let you know what we think. Are you guys ready? (sighs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Has this ever happened to either one of you guys by chance? Fuck no. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) I don't need an old lady on my chest. No. Hey, speak for yourself. (laughs) As an older lady now. I'm pretty sure it happened to me once. Thankfully, there was no old lady. In my sleep paralysis um, incident, I was in Indianapolis. Me and Sarah were there to see Crime Junkie Live, which they were awesome. Hey, they were great. Shout out. But shout our, out. Yeah, <laughs> shout out. Um, we stayed in this like Airbnb, this older house. And of course, we had just finished like driving <laughs> to Indianapolis, <laughs> listening to creepy podcast episodes. And we literally listened to an episode while we were just getting kind of unpacked and settled in the Airbnb. <laughs> because isn't that what everyone does? That's, that's yeah. normal. That's what you're doing right now. I'm only assuming. Mm-hmm. In a place you've never been. So I'm in one of the rooms and all I remember is I, I'm i like a side sleeper. So I, mm-hmm. I usually toss and turn a lot. I'm never on my back, usually never on my back. So when I am, uh, so when I think I had sleep paralysis, my arms were like stick straight next to my side. Mm-hmm. I remember my head and my neck just being feeling like it was connected to the bed. And then oh, my eyes, no. I could oh, see I the room. It didn't feel like my eyes were open, but I could see the room and how it looked like I could see the mirror on the left side. I could see the door. I could see like the wall and how it looked in the dark. And it was just the strangest thing. And then it felt like I was being lifted up. Like I myself wasn't moving up, but it was like I lifted up and then I finally realized I was awake. And then I went to YouTube for like 30 minutes and watched a very funny video. And then I fell back asleep. So I- the next. (laughs) (laughs) she's like anything weird happened to you and i was like no i took a benadryl so i slept like a baby (laughs) that's what i should have done (laughs) it was allergy season so this happened to me too and this is after and and that's why we drink episode yet again shout out they were talking about robert the doll which if you guys don't know i'm not going to spoil too much because i can imagine morgan so creepy faces yes we'll probably cover it mostly because i'm asking for it um (laughs) Basically, oh, <laughs> do it. You cannot, can't avoid it. Um, okay. So I woke up and just like Aaron, I'm a side sleeper, but I couldn't move and I was drenched in sweat and I just knew this demon doll was like sitting in the corner of my room. I didn't have to look over. Like I couldn't move. I couldn't do anything. And I was just like, I kept thinking like, you're a very handsome doll. You're a very handsome doll. Like, <laughs> I, I remember Compliments like, nice. it. Yes. And I was like, you look so great. Like in my head, I'm like, okay, it's going to be fine. And eventually I could move and I rolled over, but I still like wouldn't look in the corner. Like I just knew there was something there and I wasn't going to see it. It's so, so weird. That's so not gross. a great way to wake up. That's all I'm going to say. No. Mm-mm. So it happens to one out of 10 people. And for the nine out of 10 who are lucky enough to have never experienced sleep paralysis, take a seat up on sad Sarah's lap and lend an air. Sleep paralysis <laughs> <laughs> on grandmammy's lap. Sleep paralysis is when you have been sleeping and then you wake up but are unable to move. And a lot of people describe seeing evil entities, demons, aliens, or anything else spooky during sleep paralysis. Some different cultures have different names, but they all have their own way of explaining the shadowy creatures that scare us mere mortals at night. In this condition, it's usually first noticed in the teen years. What? (laughs) Is it the mere mortals? Yeah, sorry, there's a delay if, if it's not clear with our recording this time, guys, but I'm laughing at that. Me mortals. <laughs> <laughs> I had a glass of wine when I was riding it and I felt spooky as fuck. <laughs> Just wait till the end. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it's usually noticed in the teen years, but it doesn't have to occur then. Some people don't have it until adulthood. Look at me and Aaron, even Joey. He said he was in college when it happened. And in the name of equality... 
Woo! It doesn't seem to care if you're a man or woman. Both are equally likely sufferers. So, woo, we got that. Feels great. <laughs> oh, boy. People who are afflicted with this usually report being very aware of their surroundings, just like Erin in this place she wasn't familiar with. Hallucinations, intense fear, feeling of physical pressure on them, or even the feeling of being strangled. That's lovely. No, thank you. Like, no. Yes. Literally, imagine you fall asleep. You've had a long, hard day. You get nice and comfy in your soft, warm bed. Ah, then you kind of wake up and you're like, wow, I'm up for my alarm. Good morning. Ah, surprise, bitch. It's sent us the sunrise. Like, it's not <laughs> what you think. God. Like, whenever I woke up, I remember I was sweating, but I was like, wow, like, maybe we'll actually go for a run today. And then I was like, no, 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 no. Like, there's something very, very wrong here. Mm-hmm. Um, plot twist, I did not go for a run. I went back to bed. <laughs> so, want to hear something worse? Risk factors for this. Always. You're welcome. Include lack of sleep. So the one thing that could literally help you also inhibits you. Irony at its finest. It can also be caused by substance abuse. So again, something that could help you sleep and forget the sleep paralysis. Um, and it, it could also be caused by sleep disorders like narcolepsy or leg cramps, which... Fine. That one makes sense. This disorder is one for three. Not great odds. And then, according to ye old white-coated wizards from Wikipedia, I told you guys I drink wine when I wrote these. I don't. I'm not ashamed. <laughs> when we sleep, our voluntary <laughs> muscles relax and they don't move. And this helps with recovery during the day and also ensures that we don't act out our dreams when we are sleeping, which, thank God. I talk about my dreams on here. You guys know they are so messed up. So I can only imagine what would happen if I could act them out when I'm sleeping. Clavin would probably be dead. <laughs> We'd have separate rooms, that's for sure. <laughs> you know what? Now that I'm saying that, I'm about to start pretending I can act out my dreams. Look alive. We don't need a Lucy uh, and Ricky situation with separate beds, okay? Stay together. <laughs> Lucy. Uh, my grandparents do separate beds. They actually have their own separate bedrooms as well. And they know oh, what's wow. up. Aww. Yeah, my grandma was just like, I wanted... A girly room with my own bathroom. I was like, I hear you, girlfriend. Way to go, Grandma. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, really. But back to the horror. Sleep paralysis can occur at two different times of the night. Which, for me, is shocking because I always imagine it happens at the witching hour. Which, testing, testing. What time is witching hour? Do you guys know? 3 a.m. 3 a.m. Yep. Yeah. You didn't know, Erin. <laughs> you just hopped on. Yes, I did. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yeah. She said, yep, right. yep. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it happened like at 3 a.m. to me, but it was also just dark, so who knows. So two times a night is when we're most vulnerable to sleep paralysis. And it happens between stages of sleep and wakefulness, which sounds ridiculously obvious, but it's not. Um, and what that really means is just that it's most likely to happen when your brain is transitioning into a deep sleep or coming out of it towards being awake. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. If it happens early in the night, which I'm not sure how you would know that personally, unless you get a sleep study because you're paralysis and can't check your phone, paralyzed. Well, no. People probably still have clocks in their bedrooms. I bet that would help you tell the time. Okay, if you use a clock, sundial, whatever, then that's how you know. If it happens as you are falling asleep, this would be hypnagogic or predormital sleep paralysis. Look at those if big words you're pronouncing. Thank you. This did not go as smooth when I was practicing. <laughs> if it happens as you begin to wake up, it's called hypnopompous or postdormital sleep paralysis. Rolls right off the tongue. And I'm not saying those words anymore this episode. So they both make sense. <laughs> yeah, I'm just scrolling right past that. They both make sense. And the one that occurs while you're falling asleep is because your body is slowly relaxing. You're becoming less and less aware that you are sleeping. But if you do become aware that you are falling asleep, like your eyes become aware, but you're not going to be able to move. It's kind of like some disconnect happens. So your body has basically relaxed. It went on vacation. It turned its phone off so it can't be bothered. And your brain is like this protective mom saying, there, I haven't heard from you in 20 minutes. Where are you? So <laughs> that was the thing. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm sorry. There's such a delay. I don't want to keep laughing because I'm going to interrupt you. I'm it's funny uh, uh, as hell. I'm just trying to be quiet. <laughs> Damn it. You don't got to hush yourself for me. 
Be a frizzo. Be what you're born to be. So, yeah. So your brain is aware that you're awake, but your body, it's not going to move or speak. And the second type, the one that occurs after you've already been sleeping, I think is the one that's more commonly reported on. And it's the one that happened to me. So it's freakier to me. Um, And I don't know how much you guys know about sleep cycles, but for anyone who doesn't know, you don't just close your eyes, dream, and then wake up. Like There's all kinds of stuff happening while you sleep. So whenever the Sandman comes and you drift off, your body is alternating between REM sleep, which stands for rapid eye movement, and non-REM, which is non-rapid eye movement sleep. So to put it in perspective, one REM and non-REM cycle together lasts about 90 minutes. In the non-REM, it's like when your eyes are just standing still, is where you spend about 75% of that hour and a half. What? (laughs) So this is where your body is relaxing, it's restoring itself. I can't pop it like you. See, this is why I need to stop laughing because I'm laughing at things that you said 30 seconds ago. (laughs) I'm trying. Would you get it together? I'm sorry, Sarah. You're just just so freaking funny. Jesus. Glue up. Glue up, Morgan. Glue up. (laughs) That's how it's supposed to be said. From the glue itself. (laughs) From the the mouth of the glue. (laughs) Out of the mouth of glue. Uh, Yes. So that non-rim is where you spend about 75% of that hour and a half. So your body is relaxing, restoring itself. And at the end of this restorative non-rim, yet again, eyes are not moving, is when you slip into the rapid eye movement of sleep. And this is where you have dreams, but your body is still very relaxed. Have you guys ever seen someone whose eyes are like moving in not, or in REM yes. sleep? Isn't it freaky? <laughs> it's God. so scary because their eyes are like, sometimes they're kind of like, their eyes are very relaxed, but like, mm-hmm. but they're moving so fast. Like you wouldn't think that, yeah, it's weird. I don't like it. Yes. I don't know how our brains want to do that, but they do. So this happens. And this is why sleep paralysis can happen at this stage. Basically, if you become aware before that REM cycle has completed, you may open your eyes and there's a lot going on under your eyelids, but the rest of your body is still quote unquote turned off or relaxed. So it's not going to move. And also because you were just dreaming, that could be why you're hallucinating and thinking there's things in your bedroom or wherever you're at. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So it's not, not good, not terrible, not great. Yeah. And a lot of people have experienced sleep paralysis a few times, but as long as it's isolated events or just a handful of times, then there isn't really a need to seek treatment. It's scary, yes, but it's probably just a one-off. If it does happen often and you feel anxious about the symptoms or sleep paralysis is leaving you feeling tired during the day or is keeping up at night because of your anxiety about having sleep paralysis, which I hear you, it is scary, um, then you should talk to a doctor. I mean, imagine on a weekly basis, you're waking up to see a demon real or hallucinated and you can't move or breathe. I would be a walking zombie. Like that's just, that's terrifying. When you go to the doctor, they're probably going to ask you to describe your symptoms, um, keep a sleep diary for a few weeks, discuss your health history, and then send you to a sleep specialist who can conduct further studies. And this is just to rule out any other sleep disorders that could cause you to wake up in the night. Like the rec restless leg syndrome, or the sleep apnea. If you don't have any other conditions, a specialist is probably going to help you um, improve your sleep habits. They may prescribe you antidepressants to help with regulating sleep cycles, or they may even send you to a psychiatrist or mental health professional to treat any other mental health disorders that could be at play. So there you have it. Sleep paralysis can be caused by your brain becoming aware while your body is still relaxed from its sleep cycle. Or so the doctors would have you believe. <laughs> Could also be that there are evil entities in your room, and that's what's making you aware before you wake up and your body has time to react. Maybe you can't move because there's aliens. What if they're not telling us? There's a woman in colonial <laughs> colonial garb on the wing. Morgan, help a sister out. I can't live in the darkness that science has created. God. <laughs> <laughs> There's right, such a delay. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, did you tell me to go? <laughs> Perhaps. Oh, wait. Hold on. We forgot to talk. Okay. Think what you want after you've heard that. 
do you think what happened to Joey was sleep paralysis or a dream? Let's put on our normal our normal caps real quick. Okay. I oh up going. I normal think cap. it was sleep paralysis. Mhm. Yeah. I would agree. Yeah, cuz he said he didn't realize when he was asleep or awake, right? Yes. There wasn't like a distinction. Yes. And to feel that pressure of someone pushing down on you and also like to have that fear, like to see you out of the corner of your eye, that sounds like a hallucination. So I think, Joey, you did have sleep paralysis. That is terrifying. I'm so sorry. But good thing there's not a, a dead old lady laughing and holding you down in your sleep, which I think is a little more comforting if you just have sleep paralysis. So oh, yeah. thank you for writing in, Joey. Thank you, Joey. Yeah. And now Morgan is going to terrify us with other yeah, real thanks, world Joey. situations. <laughs> I have no idea if I'm even saying that at the right part. <laughs> okay. Well, um, we were had a little bit technical difficulties just then. Uh, but Sarah brought you the psychological and kind of scientific side of sleep paralysis. Well, I'm here to debunk it all. Okay. Tell us the truth. <laughs> Give me the real facts. Okay, well, obviously I did some some similar research to Sarah, but, um, I mean, to be fair, I personally think that, I think overall it is very, very odd to me that almost every situation has something similar mm-hmm. and, like, either it's, it's a spooky something. Like, why is sleep paralysis always scary? Like, I don't always have nightmares, so why are my sleep paralysis quote-unquote dreams or nightmares always nightmares so just my little take to start it off so Hmm. sleep paralysis there are more than three million u.s cases per year and like sarah said it is the ability to not move or speak when you're like coming in or out of sleep uh so from the global news site that i found and all of my sources will be cited in the show notes the sleep demon is actually a hallucination linked to sleep paralysis which occurs when a person is jolted awake in the middle of rapid eye movement or of sleep associated with dreaming. But your brain is still dreaming. It's projecting your nightmares into the real world. Okay, but then again, why can't it project me skipping through a meadow, not a demon in the corner of my room? Thank you very much. (laughs) And also hallucination, I feel like, is a very strong word because, okay, I feel like when you... If you, yes, if you're really not right in the head and you have a hallucination, like you truly think it's like alive and there. But mm-hmm. if you're feeling that pressure on your chest or you're feeling something in the room with you, that kind of doesn't make sense to me that it's a quote hallucination at that point. So, oh, there was science on that part too. Sorry. It was like um, because your muscles are relaxed and like all that's really going is like your lungs and stuff. Whenever you wake up and you're kind of startled, like it's almost like tighter on your lungs yeah again mm-hmm. that's just what the white man the the white wizard coated man from wikipedia said i don't think and it's I'm the truth say, i think it's a demon i'm gonna say it's a demon so <laughs> take your science <laughs> throw it out the freaking window there are countless old folk tales about spirits and demons that accost sleepers in the middle of the night they prey upon or punish the helpless victim but scientists say this phenomenon is actually a psychological event linked to stress or poor sleep habits, not the normal uh, paranormal force. Again, <laughs> wrong, incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing that I, sorry, Sarah, again, there was such a delay with some of our technical issues. I don't know if you touched on this, but I think you mentioned that stress was kind of a factor that can affect um, like this kind of coming on um that's Mm -hmm. why it seems to affect um young people especially in their mid-20s um because not only are majority of of people in their 20s in college still um but you're also going through different phases of life you're working new jobs longer hours you're really pushing yourself to the limit i feel like you're trying to live out those glory days still so you're probably not sleeping as much you're stressed from school you're stressed from your job I'm 25. Wait, whoa, I'm old. I'm 26. And I feel that on a regular Uh, basis. (laughs) You are whatever you feel, all right? You can be 25. All right. Can I be 18? No, I definitely want to be 21. 21. (laughs) That was a good year. That was a good year. So long ago. So many years. Anyway. I'm turning 27. (laughs) You just admitted it out loud. Oh, Sarah. It's true. 
This lady can't hide her age. I'll be 27 in June. I thought we were just turning 21 for the sixth time, but you know what? It's cool. It's cool. Mm-hmm. I'm going to own it. Um, from the same site, Andrew Monday, uh, spelled M-U-N-D-A-Y, 36, says he started experiencing sleep paralysis during stressful moments in high school. However, he didn't start hallucinating until his mid-20s. When he was going through an unstable period at his job, uh, there were two weeks in a row when I had I had one each week, and those ones were much more vivid. I sort mm. of woke up-ish from a nightmare, and there was still the lingering image of a nightmare floating in front of my face. Monday thought he saw a man trying to strangle him in his hallucination. On the second occasion, he hallucinated a doctor made of burned, sewn-together corpses. Guess what? I'm sorry, That's what? not science. That's evil. That's evil. Uh-huh. Yeah, what do you guys say about that? Doctors? Yeah. yeah. Wikipedia yeah. doctor. Yeah. yeah. Mm. <laughs> and then... I use other sources. I'll list them out after this. I probably should have done before. So, it's fine. Okay. Uh, and then, quote, still same article from Global News, The Haunted History of Sleep Paralysis. The yes. sleep demon is yeah. perhaps most famously dictated... Whoa. Glue up. <laughs> Glue up, girl. Glue up. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> from this same article from Global News, um, there's a section called The Haunted History of Sleep Paralysis. The sleep demon is perhaps uh, most famously depicted in The Nightmare. Um, if I, if you guys Google it, I'm sure maybe we can slide it into our Instagram. Uh, but it's a, a 1781 painting by the artist <laughs> Henry Fusil. Fusil? Fusely. Fusly. Fusly. Ah, Henry Fusly, but of course. <laughs> Mr. Henry. <laughs> Mr. Uh, he, Henry. He made a, a piece of art, which is an image, and it shows a woman draped across her bed in a restless sleep. A demon, known as an incubus, crouches on her chest, and a scary little horse peeks at her from a hot, behind a curtain nearby. If you see it, if you Google it, you'll know what it is. It's like a really, really famous piece of art, but I did not know that it was associated with sleep paralysis when I saw it until That's just article, an old-timey so. weighted blanket. Yeah, that's it. It's just a demon Nowadays, you gotta pay good money it's for fine. that. They could just it's go to fine. bed and get an incubus. <gasps> My freaking pop figure just fell off the very tippy toppy shelf and almost crushed me. Okay, it didn't oh no! Me. David Bowie's coming to haunt me. <laughs> That's not a bad haunt, though. I mean, you could have landed near me, but oh no! Now he's got a little. Okay, sorry. I. That's a little spooky, though. He fell and it scared the sh. Well, like it's the shelf above my window, so like it's way up there. Okay. Oh shoot! Jesus Christ. Okay, so to kind of wrap up that painting, apparently this depicts ideas of what many people see. Either something lurking in the shadows at them, or a more physical presence or pressure on their chest. Uh, something kind of more for like a modern take is, there's a I haven't seen this show, uh, but there's a character on Netflix's uh, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Um, it's a witch-like sleep demon. And it's in the first season of the show. Apparently, he's it's supposed to depict the um, sleep paralysis demon. And then oh. a film called Mara also brings the nightmare of sleep demons to life. I know that there's a lot more. Um, another one that I know is probably a little bit more popular that I found, that I was reminded of when I came across a Bustle article. The Haunting of Hill House. So technically, the yeah. quote, bent neck lady is yeah. supposed to be you know, procured as sleep paralysis because she, yeah, you can't forget her. Um, she does uh, kind of like make Nell freeze in her sleep mm-hmm. um, and she can't move or speak. She does try to seek medical help to break break free from the bent neck lady's grasp. Okay. And then Such I have, a good show. It's terrifying. Right? Mm-hmm. That oh. reveal had me shook. Yeah, I had to take like a break shook. after that episode. <laughs> I think season two is coming out this year. I am. But I, I think it's like not like it at all. I think it's like a whole new take. A whole new. Yeah. Like yeah. new cast. Like American, I think it's like an American yeah. horror story. Like I know some of the yeah, cast yeah. is coming back. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. And then from my last three kind of touch bases, again, Sarah, you did a really great job of kind of giving the background of it and the maybe possibly believable scientific side of it. Take it as you will. But I have three stories for you um, that kind of just, I think, are interesting how similar they are. Um, And two of them are from our listeners. So this one is not. It's from medium.com. And this is from Elena. Alana, excuse me, I don't know how to pronounce your name. This is from uh, (laughs) November 27th, 2016. Um, This is just a snippet of the story she kind of tells about a couple of different times, but um, this one was the most interesting to me. The first time this happened to me, I thought it was just a horrible dream. It wasn't until a few weeks later when it happened again, this time much worse, that I realized it wasn't just my imagination. It all began when I thought I could hear the footsteps of an intruder walking in my house. I woke up in a panic and soon realized that I wasn't able to react. There was a heavy weight on my chest pushing me down onto the bed and my body was paralyzed from head to toe. I tried screaming out for my sister who slept in the room beside me, but I couldn't make any noise. The screams were only vocalized in my mind. I was in a state of absolute hysteria because I've never experienced anything like this before. I was completely conscious and aware the whole time that this was happening. After what felt like a lifetime, I was able to move again. At the time, I was so frightened because I couldn't make sense of what happened. Sleep paralysis to me is what an iPhone would have been to someone from the 1910s, foreign and unheard of. Wow. (laughs) I like the ending, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is she yeah. saying there's like a real sleep demon we haven't met yet and you're just coming to us in our sleep and that's why it's like the iPhone? Wait. Ba ba ba. Anything's possible. The white coats don't know it all. <laughs> white coated wizards. Okay. Continue. <laughs> Ugh. These is And then I have t- two more for you. These are from our lovely listeners. So first, I will hit you up with a story from our good friend Stortz. His first name is Zach. He likes to go by his last name because there's two Zachs in our group. So here we go. (laughs) Hey, y'all, Stortz here. First off, I want to say I love the podcast. Keep it up. God. Okay, now into my experience I had with sleep paralysis. I've had two this year, which is more than I've ever had before. This Mm -hmm. time it happened, I really didn't think anything about it, and I just thought it was a weird-ass dream or something. The second experience I had happened a month later after the first one. Now this is where it gets good. I woke up and my TV was on and I tried to get to the remote to turn it off, but I couldn't move. So then I knew it was sleep paralysis. So I was just looking around my room, waiting for it to end. And all of a sudden I look towards my door and see this black shadow thing in the corner of my room. I start to panic, Mm. tried talking and even tried to yell, but wasn't able to do so. After a few minutes, but it felt like two hours had went by, I finally woke up and all I did was look towards where the shadow thing was and all I could do was yell fuck because I thought I could tell, I could see whatever it was, was coming closer and closer to me. I don't scare that easy. I know, so manly. But that experience still scared the living hell out of me. That experience still scared the living hell out of me. And that's my experience and what happened with me. Love your good friend Stortz, and I have been promised to tell him yee-yee. <clears throat> oh, oh my no. God. Uh, so the funny thing about this one that I thought was super, like, I don't know, kind of disproving our scientific side of it is that he says mm-hmm. he was, like, he fully woke up, like, he was able to move, and he still saw it. So regardless of how you want to believe it, I give it a 10 out of 10 spooky. Just saying. That is ridiculously scary. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's supposed to go know. away. It's yeah, and the thing is, I I love that he even in like comments that he realized what it was because he's had it before. So he was like, "All mm-hmm. right, let's get this, let's get this shit over with." And then, mm-hmm. bam, I'd be I'd be crying. Just yeah, because he was like looking for it. Like, come on, yeah, yeah. <laughs> show yourself and get the hell out of here. <laughs> show yourself. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay, and then our last, uh, my last story here is from our listener, Abby. She says, and also just want to point out, she's the cutest, most adorable little person I've ever met in my life. I love yes, her. Yes, she is. When I say little person, she's not little. She's just very little to me because I'm 5'10", and she's, I don't know, she's just a little cutie cutie. All right, sorry. Love the abs. Okay. <laughs> All right. Hi, ladies. I reached out to Morgan about sharing my experience with sleep paralysis. I've had uh, various sleep issues and that have increased within the last couple of years. 
uh, I've experienced what I believe to be sleep paralysis twice in the past year. While I can fall asleep fine, during the middle of the night, I wake up and I can see two figures at the foot of my bed, standing between the bedroom door and the closet. One <laughs> figure kind of looks like a child, a boy, I think, and the <laughs> other is very, very tall. It reminds me a lot of the giant man from It Follows. I hate that movie. Because Excuse both me, of I'm going to go face- die now. <laughs> yeah. Because both of their faces are distorted and I can't make out any details or expressions. It's scary. The space where their eyes are supposed to be are just sunken in dark holes. <gasps> Black eyed kids. I'm a- oh. I'm already, I'm already out. I'm already out. Okay. But they feel menacing and like they're going to hurt me. They don't move or speak, but they are looking at me constantly. <gasps> also, our bed is in the middle of the room. While I can't move or turn my head, somehow I can feel someone else in the room hovering near my boyfriend's side of the bed. Although I never see this other figure, I feel a sense of dread and intense panic that she will get my boyfriend. Ooh, it's funny that she mentioned she, like a feminine scary yeah. presence. Yeah. I have uh, once so many I thought goosebumps. I, I know. <laughs> once I thought I could hear slight whispering from this side of the bed. It's incoherent, but it sounds like a female voice. Oh. I think it's uh this is like this part's kind of fuzzy to her for some reason, but still like the fact like you're hearing right. stuff. The biz- the, boop, boop, boop. <laughs> the biggest physical reaction I feel during the moment is an, an inability to scream even though I want to. Like, my throat is stuffed with something, and I can't even open my mouth. There's a big pressure on my stomach and the ch- and chest, even if I don't have anything on me. I also get very aware about being unable to move my limbs for some reason. I have no real sense of how long it lasts, but when I fully wake up, it is very sudden and very scary. Usually, right after I have trouble breathing and calming down, both times it's happened, I've been so freaked out and scared that I'll move to the couch, turn on all the lights, and watch TV for the rest of the night because I'm too mm-hmm. scared to be in the bedroom. Overall, the entire ordeal is terrifying and made a, made lasting impressions both times. I tend to be pretty sensitive and anxious about everything anyways, which is why I think this has a factor in, some, factor in how scared and realistic it feels in the moment. Abby, I gotta disagree with you. We have Mr. Man in the previous story saying mm-hmm. almost the same thing. And he has experienced something that feels just as real to him. So I don't think like you being an overall anxious person in these types of no. cases makes it any less valid or any less real feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, it's both of those stories are just so major chills the whole time. So I wanted to definitely give a couple of our listeners shout outs on that. And I know that mine was more just like examples. Um, but I hope that regardless of if you think it's the scientific side, the paranormal side, maybe a little bit of both, um, after hearing and doing a lot more research on it, I definitely think there is some like science to it and like the way our brains work, but there's definitely some weird things about it. And like I said, in the very beginning, why can't it be good stuff? (laughs) So, okay, here's my thing. The science makes sense, but also, like, why do you just become aware? Is there not something there in your room maybe that's, like, waking you up and you're just at this, like, vulnerable state that that's why you become aware? Like, I think it's both. I think it's scary. (gasps) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A mix of both. I feel like your mind, like they say, like, your mind does so much to protect you. Like, Sarah, Mm -hmm. you've mentioned a lot in your past episodes, like, or our past episodes just like with you know DID and stuff like your brain does so much to protect you I just feel like this is Mm -hmm. like the opposite of that like I know your brain is doing its job to like not have you freak out while you're sleeping but to not be able to to like figure out that it's fake that's freaky plain and simple Mm -hmm. well yeah hallucinations are just scary in general I'll cover that one day but it's scary because yeah you can't really um, yeah you can't see what's real and what's not you don't know Right. So make sure you get plenty of sleep. If this is a reoccurring problem, you should probably speak to your doctor. And please don't have any more scary sleeps. But if you do, let us know. Okay, thanks. (laughs) Yes. Also, I'm not a licensed therapist or sleep doctor. Just so everyone knows. And I have no clue what I'm talking about. I just try to do my best with some research. And thank God for our listeners. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. No, that was her spooky, Morgan. Good collecting. I 
I tried yeah, to like, great do a skim of them so that I wouldn't know so that I wouldn't know everything. But I was yeah. like, I just like Abby's like with the with the black holes yeah. for eyes. I was like, nope, I'm, I'm kidding. Well, even just Zach's like the dark entity that didn't go away. Mm-hmm. Yep, and move towards him. Bye. <gasps> okay, Aaron, I'm sure yours is going to be really lighthearted. I know, I have a murder story. Everyone, just get cozy in your beds. Get ready to fall asleep so soundly. Uh, this is why we have sleep paralysis. If I'm being on, this is what it is right here. I'm so sorry. And oh, the case, wow. I you will... Should've, you should have won the Oreo game. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've never done it before. I knew I wasn't going to win. There is no way. <laughs> The case uh, today that I will be covering was requested by our fellow listener, Dion, who has been listening to us since day one. So thank you so much, Dion. Hey, Dion. Hey. After we did our Jonestown episode, she requested that I watch the docudrama titled Jonestown Paradise Lost on Amazon Prime, which briefly talked about the grisly killings of Sharon Amos and her three children at the People's Temple headquarters in Georgetown on Mm -hmm. the same day that the Jonestown mass murder suicide occurred. So briefly kind of going over some of my sources, I watched the docudrama Jonestown Paradise Lost. I looked at Wikipedia. I looked at quite a few New York Times articles that I will post in the show notes. And I also found a Washington Post article, a Harrods.com article and an ABC News article. So there was quite a bit of digging I had to do. Are you guys ready for this one? As ready as I'm going to be. On Tuesday, November 14th, 1978, Sherwin Harris, a People's Temple defector, arrived at the capital of Georgetown along with Congressman Ryan and other concerned family members who would later be heading to Jonestown to investigate Jim Jones and the treatment of the People's Temple followers. Harris wouldn't end up going to Jonestown with the group, though, because his ex-wife, Sharon Amos, who previously went by Linda Harris, informed him that their daughter, 21-year-old Leanne Harris, was on her way to Georgetown. So Sherwin no longer had a reason to go to Jonestown with the group because he only intended to check on his daughter and make sure she was safe. So he Mm -hmm. just stayed behind in Georgetown. Leanne, along with Harris's ex-wife Sharon, Leanne's 10-year-old stepsister Krista Amos, and 9-year-old stepbrother Martin Amos, were currently living in a house owned by the People's Temple called, it's either Lamaha Gardens or Lamaha Gardens, um, not trying to pronounce that, I apologize, which functioned as their Georgetown headquarters and a way station for temple members moving in and out of Jonestown. The house also had a radio room where Jones, um, Jim Jones could send messages and communicate with his inner circle of followers in Georgetown. Before he left for Jonestown, Congressman Ryan actually went to the Georgetown headquarters where he met three of Jim Jones's sons, 19-year-old Stephen Jones, 19-year-old Tim Jones, and 18-year-old Jim Jones Jr., along with other basketball team players, Sharon Amos, and Sharon's children. During Ryan's visit, Jones sent a radio message to Georgetown saying that he wanted his sons and the basketball team to return to Jonestown. However, Stephen and I believe the other two Jones boys outright refused to come back, saying that they just didn't understand why they had to return. They want a ball, baby. They're there to play a game. On Saturday, November 18th, Sherwin Harris went to see his daughter, where they planned to eat dinner, along with Sharon, Krista, and Martin. While they were eating dinner, Jones radioed Sharon and Stephen and told them that his followers in Georgetown had to, quote, get revenge, end quote. His message said, quote, everybody in Jonestown is dying or dead. Everybody else needs to commit revolutionary suicide right now. We are all doing it right now, end quote. Sharon at some point pulled Leanne aside and took her to the radio room so she could tell her about Jones's message. When he was interviewed on Paradise Lost, Stephen remembered and talked about how Leanne didn't question Jones's orders at all, and he said her reaction really frightened him. How it was portrayed in the docudrama, Stephen ended up leaving the house with Tim and Jim Jr. They just outright refused to obey their father's orders. They got in the car and they left. A Harrods article stated 
that Stephen and his brothers left the headquarters to warn the other members in Georgetown and to contact the San Francisco People's Temple branch, telling them not to act on their father's command. The three brothers also... Yeah. The three brothers also drove to the U.S. Embassy in Georgetown, where they tried to seek help. However, Guyanese soldiers refused to let the brothers enter the embassy after hearing about the shootings at the Port Kaituma airstrip. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. It's crazy, though, that his sons didn't follow him blindly. You know what I'm saying? Because maybe they saw what he really was the whole time. It wasn't just the front. So maybe they saw, like, no, that's ridiculous. I Yeah, I, I think they did. Just from what I've seen in other articles and when they were interviewed um, for different documentaries and such, I think they did notice a different side to him that not everyone, not all of his followers saw. Thank God. Mm-hmm. Sherwin, Sherwin Harris was also interviewed in the Paradise Lost docudrama where he recalled feeling grateful to be spending time with his daughter and he couldn't possibly have foreseen what would happen later later that night. The dinner ended up being cut short, and before Harris left for his hotel, he made plans with his daughter to see her the next morning. Later that evening, Stephen and his brothers returned to the Georgetown headquarters, where they discovered a gruesome scene. The New York Times reported that there were 46 followers at the headquarters that evening who were all unaware of what was happening in Jonestown. They witnessed Sharon grab a butcher knife as she led Martin, Krista, and Leanne towards a uh, a bathroom. She also motioned for 43-year-old People's Temple member Charles Beekman to follow them. Followers in the living room heard a child cry out, Oh, Mama, and scream. (gasps) Oh, no! Yeah. Sharon and her three children were found bleeding to death on the bathroom floor, their throats slashed, and Beekman, who appeared shaken up, standing on the blood-covered floor, wielding a knife. Oh, my God! Yeah. Have you guys even heard of this? Because I haven't. Yeah. Wow. We thought we were all finished with Jonestown. Thanks, Dion. I mean, really. (laughs) I I need to know this. I I appreciate you. Also, thanks, Aaron. But still, oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) It's, It's so sad. And Beekman ended up basically being the prime suspect. He was suspected to have played a part in the killings, and after several days of questioning, he was arrested for the murders of Sharon, Leanne, Krista, and Martin. He was also charged with the attempted murder of Stephanie Jones, the nine-year-old adopted daughter of one of Jim Jones's adopted sons. Try to put that on a family tree. Let's let's say adoption like six more times. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he had a lot of adopted sons, so I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna. Ask I don't you, think I could keep are track. All, are all of these quote bi- like biological children or no? Okay. As far as I know, he only had one biological kid. That That's is correct. Yes, and all of uh, his other children were adopted. So, but of course, we can call him Daddy Again. if we'd like. And I only found out about Stephanie. Um, it took me a while to find out that she was also involved a little bit. Apparently she had also, I guess, been led to the bathroom too, but she escaped from death, though not completely unharmed. She did have a visible scar on her throat from a knife wound. So she was attacked, um, but she did not die. So she got out of there. Prosecutor Carlton Weathers told reporters that he was convinced that Beekman helped Sharon kill her children. And once the children were dead, he killed Sharon. But Mr. Beekman told police a different story. He said that Sharon did ask him to help her slit her children's throats, but he told her that he couldn't do it. Mr. Beekman recalled watching Sharon kill her children, and then she urged him to slit her throat. But he told her again that he couldn't do that either, so she did it herself. So he saw the whole thing? Yes. Beekman's son, Tom Beekman, described his father as a gentle, easygoing guy who, quote, never used to go hunting because he didn't like to kill animals, end quote. He obviously didn't believe his dad had anything to do with this. Other Temple survivors described Beekman differently, though. Jerry Parks, a defector who fled Jonestown with the help of Congressman Ryan, told reporters that Beekman was, quote, an uneducated loudmouth who didn't give a damn about anybody, end quote. But I mean, either way, I don't think being a loudmouth and not giving a damn makes you a murderer. 
I think I was going to say just an be, opinion. Yeah. People can be loud and also be kind. Like it doesn't mean you can see blood and stuff. Hi, there's yeah. someone like that on your podcast. I'm loud and I try to be kind. <laughs> yeah. So who could it be? Who just it if, be? even if he didn't give a damn about people. Doesn't mean he's a murderer. I don't know the facts. Uh, yeah, they're jumping. They're jumping to some conclusions there. Yeah. yeah. So kind of giving you a different picture of what his son says versus what someone else said about him. An inquiry was held on December 18th to determine whether Beekman would stand on trial for the four murder charges and one attempted murder charge. Stephen Jones was called as a witness for the prosecution. And this is where things take a slight bit of a turn. Stephen had testified against Beekman, stating that Beekman confessed to him about committing the killings. Whoa. However, a police inspector that was called to testify contradicted what Stephen said, saying that Beekman's supposed confession was not freely given. This didn't bode well for Stephen, and when he was on the stand, Weathers asked Stephen outright, quote, did you conspire to kill Sharon Amos, end quote. In a sarcastic and angry tone, Shut as up. I suspect a 19-year-old would, <laughs> Stephen responded, quote, all right, I did it. I killed those people, and I'm trying to put it off on Chuck, end quote. What an Not idiot. a good idea. <laughs> no, uh, not the time. Oh, not no. the time. I admire your spirit, but not the time. <laughs> if we're doing Mad pro-con pro. <laughs> yes, <laughs> pro-con pro. Magistrate Desmond Christian apparently asked Jones twice whether he meant what he said, and both times Jones expressed that yes, he did. This obviously shocked the courtroom, and the inquiry was adjourned for the day. What? A reporter asked Jones why he made the statement, and he rep replied, quote, I was aggravated and I was mad. I have been accused of killing my family, two beautiful children. I am tired, and I haven't said the half of what the police did to us. I'm tired of being pushed. End quote. All right, but there's better ways to make a stand than what you did on the stand. Do you understand what you've done? <laughs> stand. <Jesus>. Stand. <laughs> the next day, Stephen Jones was arrested for the murders of Sharon and her three children and the attempted murder of Stephanie. Beekman's case was adjourned until January 10th, 1979, where charges against him and Stephen would be heard in court. Guyanese police had determined that Stephen was not at the scene of the crime. So he wasn't there, and they know that. But under Guyanese law, if Stephen ordered the killings, then he could be found guilty. Weathers told New York Times that if Stephen hadn't made that statement, they wouldn't have had any reason to charge him and investigate him. So I feel like that's pretty... Wow. Steven, just keep that's like an Udo moment, but... Steven! 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 <laughs> On February 6th, after spending three months in jail, all charges against Steven were dropped after the court came to the conclusion that he was trying to take the blame for Beekman. The four murder charges against Beekman for the murders of Sharon Amos and her children, were dropped, but Beekman Thank did God. plead guilty to the attempted murder of Stephanie Jones. Beekman spent five years in a Guyanese prison, and after oh. serving his sentence, Beekman, who was the last People's Temple survivor in Guyana, returned home to Indiana, where he spent time with his son and grandson. The atrocities that happened in Georgetown and Jonestown, though, took quite a bit of a toll on Beekman. His son said that his dad never recovered from that and he became a heavy drinker and he passed away in 2009. I mean, how could you though? That's just, that's a lot. Yeah. And that's crazy being the last like follower in Guyana. When you get out, there's no one there that you know. Yeah. That's yeah, rough. What's a Guyanese prison like? Because I bet you it's Who, not the same. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not going I, there on my honeymoon. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> no, no, no. I also was not able to find any information at all about Stephanie Jones, what she's up to and what she did after Georgetown and her attack. She did go through a very, very traumatic experience. So my only hope is she's doing well. I cannot find any information on her. 
And shortly after the Jonestown massacre, Stephen Jones struggled with drug addiction, which he has openly talked about in numerous interviews. He told ABC News that he has found healing in trying to tell stories of the members who lived in Jonestown. He described how the California Historical Society handed him photographs, and he spent hours trying to identify all of the members in the photos and name them. Quote, If there was even one person whose name I cannot recall, I set that photo aside and I continued on and I do whatever I had to, to remember that one person may seem like a small thing, you know, given the devastation of Jonestown, but that's where I found my healing. End quote. Stephen has at least, I've kind of seen differing things, but in the ABC article, he says he has forgiven his father as a way of moving on, as a way of healing. And he has written several essays about Jim Jones and Jonestown. Today, he is living in the United States with his wife. He has three daughters, and he works as an executive at an office furniture company. So it definitely seems like he's moved on from that experience, but still it's something that he reflects on. And that, I know that it's a little bit shorter than my typical stories, but that is the story of the killings of Sharon Amos and her three children. And Thank you, Dion, for sharing that because I honestly hadn't heard about this uh-huh. case until I watched that docudrama. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, Morgan, I remember during the Jonestown episode, you had mentioned that Jones did radio out to Georgetown and to um, the other uh, People's Temple um, stations. So I didn't realize anything else had happened. So, yeah. It, and that's yeah. it's funny that during all of like all three of us kind of took different aspects of our research and we still didn't know. That's kind of sad. Like I feel bad for the people who suffered through that. Oh yeah. Like, there's but I mean obviously everyone who is affected by Jonestown in any way, shape, or form, whether you were a follower, were a defect, were you know any. I hate that word by the way. Um, you know defector. Yeah. That, yeah. Especially for something that like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, like they're calling you like you're defected like oh i hate that anyways yeah anybody through that is gonna suffer and I-, I can't imagine being on like you said on the opposite end of that and trying to live your life and then bam more drama happens like i think mm-hmm. no i'm not trying to be add funny to it i'm trying like i think i'd have a drinking problem if that was my life too like geez oh yeah oh 100 percent. because i mean how <sighs> do you even start to cope with something like that like your whole well and and i didn't mention too but uh Beekman, uh, they he lost his wife and another son. So whenever he, you know he went home, he did have a son who was living in Georgetown, but he did lose two of his family in Jonestown. So Ugh. that already is a huge toll to take. So that's so sad. For Very no sad. Reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry to end it yeah. on such a low note. <laughs> You know, it's a good thing your story was short this week. We have some of our stories were pretty spooky. We got people have a lot to digest. Yeah. And again, we don't want you to have bad dreams. So maybe go watch a Disney movie after this. That's yeah, before you go to bed. I'm yeah, going to yeah, do. Yeah. <laughs> if you listen to this to fall asleep, sleep, I kind of question your sanity a little bit. <laughs> I don't. Come I, hang yeah, out with choices. I thought we were... <laughs> coming out with this i'm saying i thought we were crazy for True. how much we love all this spoopy shit but you might be a come to st louis we'll have a chat <laughs> <laughs> yeah anything else guys before i guess i close it out or man i'm just ready for our recording to yeah i'm ready for our recordings to actually just work in mm-hmm. person i miss you gals yeah yeah <sighs> at least we still saw technical- each other and failed yeah. at the game <laughs> together. Yeah. Be we ready for those together. Oreo picks. <laughs> oh, God. I don't even want to see those. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> and then all I got to say is uh, glue up, ladies. Glue up. Glue oh. up. Yes. And if you haven't already, go over to our Instagram. Follow us at Sinister Sunrise Podcast. We would appreciate it. And if you haven't already and you're listening to us, go ahead and give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That helps us out, helps other people find our podcast, and we appreciate it. And if you do leave an Apple Podcast review, email us at sinistersunrisepodcast at email 
at email. Sinister Sunrise Podcast at <laughs> gmail.com. I can speak words. And screenshot your review, send us your review and your address, and we will send you a Sinister Sunrise sticker, and you will become an honorary Sinister Sunrise Scout. Because we know you want the sticker, we've been sending them out, and we want to continue doing so. And also, send us an email if you have any stories for us, spooky, dream, or just recommendations for stories you want us to do in the future. We're always looking for new stories, so... I yeah. I have a challenge for our listeners. If you know of a true crime story that you have never heard on a podcast before, I want you to send it in to Erin because I'm not trying to be sad, but Sarah and I, we each have, well, we, all three of us have our folders on our Gmail and Erin's is currently empty. So I need our <laughs> listeners to go Well, I've got a take, couple Take from on people. the challenge. And send us some crazy ones. Like if your mom went to high school with the Golden State Killer, I want to know about that. If you, I, I like, just tell us, okay? Send it in. I'm ready. Just tell us. <laughs> <laughs> tell us now. No, I am down for any recommendations. I have a, I have a list. My story next week. I don't know if you guys have heard of, and it's crazy. So I'm just excited. Keep on sending okay. me recommendations. Yeah. Okay. But besides that, thanks for listening in. We'll have a new episode next week. And thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you.